When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bonjour, madame, monsieur. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this. We all know perfection doesn't exist, but I think we all have a near-perfect book, partner, or friend, or even food to which we consciously or subconsciously judge and compare other things to. For me, when it comes to novels, I tend to judge other novels based on In Search of Lost Time. To be more precise, I judge literature through the lens of Marcel Proust. I don't know if you have noticed, I've mentioned Proust in so many of my videos. I even talked about him in my video on the Japanese classic The Tale of Genji written a thousand years ago by comparing how similar they are. Marcel Proust in Search of Lost Time is perhaps the greatest novel in human history. It's almost perfect, only if it were a bit shorter. So in this video my goal is to bring the greatest yet the most inaccessible novel to you. In less than an hour you get to know and understand one of the hardest novels in literature. This video is for those who don't have the time to read the entire novel. How ironic. Proust spent the last 14 years of his life writing a book about time, time itself. If you have read the novel, first a huge congratulations, second this video can refresh your memory. Talking of memory, the novel is about time and memory, that's it. The two most fleeting phenomena humans experience. Time flies and memories fade. Not easy subjects to spend 14 years of your life on. Proust was brave, perhaps the bravest writer of all time who tried to capture time and memories through one of the most beautiful twisted discoveries ever. Time flies and memories fade. Okay, let's begin before my memories fade. Before I start, let me mention one thing. In the French original, there were seven volumes, but in the English translation, they were printed in six volumes by combining five and six together. But in this video, I'll go with the original French, so I'll summarize it volume by volume. Volume 1 The Swan's Way. Swan's Way refers to a physical pathway in which the protagonist and his family used to take a walk. But the title also refers to Marcel's neighbor, Mr. Swan, whose romantic life with a woman, Odette, makes the bulk of this volume. Four characters are important to know in this volume. First, the young narrator is a boy called Marcel. In other words, Proust himself as a young man. The second character is Swan, who has given his name to the title Swan's Way. The third character is Odette, Swan's love. The fourth character is Gilbert, Swan's daughter, who becomes central in later volumes and she and Marcel grew up together. Francois is a family servant who is very diligent, also very traditional. The setting is mainly Cambrai, a small village, but also Paris. The main theme is memory and love. Fun fact, Proust's childhood village, Illier, in 1971 changed its name to Illier-Cambrai to honor Proust and his aunt's house in the village is turned into a museum now. This volume has three parts. It's a frame story. Part 1 and 3 make the frame, and part 2 is the frame story, or a novel within a novel. 
In part 1, we meet Marcel, who can't fall asleep and spends 30 pages telling us. The novel starts with this first line. For a long time, I went to bed early. In the final volume, some 1.2 million words later, the novel ends with time. So the novel's main character is time itself. That's perhaps the most genius creation of Proust to make time for his protagonist and antagonist. Marcel remembers his childhood, a young boy in bed upstairs seeking a goodnight kiss from his mother. But not tonight because his parents are entertaining a family friend, Mr. Swan. Later he explains why he remembers that night. It's because Marcel dips his cake in a cup of tea and this little insignificant experience is perhaps the most beautiful scene in literature. Through the smell and taste of the little Madeleine, he is transported to his childhood in Cambrai. Now I'll read that section for you. It's a long quote so bear with me. Get yourself a cup of tea and some Madeleine to see if that transport you to your childhood. Quote it's the same with our past. It's a waste of effort for us to try to summon it. All the exertions of our intelligence are useless. The past is hidden outside the realm of our intelligence and beyond its reach in some material object in the sensation that this material object would give us, which we do not suspect. It depends on chance whether we encounter this object before we die or do not encounter it. For many years already, everything about Combray that was not the theatre, the drama of my bedtime had ceased to exist for me. When one day in winter, as I came home, my mother, seeing that I was cold, suggested that, contrary to my habit, I have a little tea. I refused at first and then, I do not know why, changed my mind. She sent for one of those squat plum cakes called Petite Madeleine that looks as though they have been molded in the groove valve of a scallop shell. And soon, mechanically oppressed by the gloomy day and the prospect of a sad future, I carried to my lips a spoonful of tea in which I had let soften a piece of Madeleine. But at that very instant, when the mouthful of tea mixed with cake crumbs touched my palate, I quivered, attentive to the extraordinary thing that was happening in me. A delicious pleasure had invaded me, isolated me, without my having any notion as to its cause. It had immediately made the vicissitudes of life unimportant to me, its disasters innocuous, its bravery illusory, acting in the same way that love acts, by filling me with a precious essence. Or rather, this essence was not in me, it was me. I had ceased to feel I was mediocre, contingent, mortal. Where could it have come to me from, this powerful joy? I sensed it was connected to the taste of tea and the cake, but it went infinitely far beyond it. It could not be of the same nature. Where did it come from? What did it mean? How could I grasp it? I drink a second mouthful, in which I find nothing more than in the first, a third that gives me a little less than the second. It's time for me to stop. The virtue of the drink seems to be diminishing. It's clear that the truth I'm seeking is not in the dream, but in me. The dream has awoken it in me, but it does not know that truth and cannot do more than repeat indefinitely, with less and less force. This same testimony, which I do not know how to interpret, which I want at least to be able to ask of it again and find again, intact, available to me, soon for a decisive clarification. I put down the cup and turn to my mind. It's up to my mind to find the truth, but how? What grief and certainty whenever the mind feels overtaken by itself, when it, the seeker, is also the obscure country where it must seek and where all its baggage will be nothing to it. Marcel calls this involuntary memory when a taste, a smell or a sound brings something from our past that was hidden. We feel like both in the past and also in the present. This experience allows us to transcend time. 
Throughout the entire novel, Marcel experiences these involuntary moments of memory only about three times. The first was the cake and tea, and second when he misstepped his step inside someone's house, and the third through a sound. I think we all have these moments in life when the smell of food or song can send us back to our past. Proust turned this fleeting moment into a gigantic novel about time and memory. In these memories, there is one particular man called Swan, who is a friend of Marcel's grandmother, and whose house provides a name for their daily walk as it goes by his house. So this volume tells the story of Swan's love with a woman called Odette. This love story shows the stupidity and irrationality of love in many ways and how ultimately it is disappointing. Swan spends years loving a woman who wasn't even his type. In the last part of this volume, the focus goes back to Marcel's childhood and his memories of Venice, Paris and Gilbert. This part also depicts Marcel's own encounter with Swan as an old man. Because Marcel is infatuated with his daughter, the old man also becomes the subject of his obsession. We love the people who are connected with the people we love. The house they live in, the roads they walk on. This is our first experience of romantic love. Volume 1 is a setup for the entire novel. By focusing on the disappointment of Swan's romantic adventure with Odette, Marcel tells us that he's going to repeat the same things in his own romantic life. In a sense, despite the disappointments it brings, we cannot escape experiencing love. We only learn through our own experiences, its pleasures and pains. We simply cannot avoid it. It is what it means to be human. Love is like music, you have to hear to be able to discern its beauty and sadness. Swan is, in many ways, just like Marcel himself. Loves music, art, beauty. So Proust is telling us that deep down we are pretty much the same, each generation repeating the same things. Life is a series of hikes, ups and downs. Proust goes even further by saying that time is not uniform. Time is not the same every day. According to science, it is the same. One second is like any other seconds. It simply ticks. But inside humans, time is not uniform, he says. In our lives, the days are not equal. There are arduous mountainous days that one spends an infinite time climbing and downward sloping days that one can descend at full tilt singing. This volume is like a foundation for Marcel, his education through these people around him. And one man in particular, whom he admires the most, Mr. Swan, who is stylish but also socially connected. Proust ends the volume with this line. The places we have known do not belong solely to the world of space in which we saturate them for our greater convenience. They were only a thin slice among contiguous impressions that formed or alive at the time, and memory of a certain image is only regret for a certain moment. And houses, roads, avenues are as fleeting, alas, as the years. For Proust, space flows just like time. In other words, he thinks of them as the same. Time flies, places fly, in our memory. Volume 2 In the Shadow of Young Girls and Flower Just like Volume 1 began with Swan's visit, Volume 2 also begins with another guest in the house, a diplomat, Mr. Dinorpois, who helps the young Marcel against the wishes of his parents to see a play, which turns out to be pretty disappointing. So the novel centers on art and literature. The young Marcel, wanting to become a writer, experiences his second disappointment of the night, when the guest doesn't appreciate his writing. But he contends himself that, unlike life, art has more layers to be discovered. 
But to make matters worse, he also learns the devastating effect of time. So realize that novelist's only job is to speed time through narrative that covers centuries within a few sentences. Proust also says that time itself is not aware of its existence. It has no awareness of what year or day it is. We humans break it down, put a name on it, yet time itself doesn't care. While his writing is not coming along, his biological body is changing. He experiences his first orgasm while wrestling his friend Gilbert, the daughter of Swan and Odette. Looking at the daughter, Marcel sees Gilbert as someone who personifies a perfect harmony of the two parents. But she also holds their tension as if children hold and carry their parents' real dilemmas, hostilities, and physical appearances. Here Marcel looks at Gilbert as if someone is looking at a piece of art, interpreting, dissecting, and analyzing. Here we can see that Proust is learning his trade from the art critic John Ruskin. Later his friend Baloch takes him to a brothel, who also introduces him to a writer, Bergot, whom he meets in person later in Swan's house. So there are two forces moving inside Marcel. His sexuality keeps him close to Gilbert, and his desire to be a writer close to art and literature. Two divergent routes to leave a legacy behind, one through sexual reproduction and the other through creative art. His body is pushing him towards sexuality, but his mind is pushing towards creative art. The battle is fought inside him that moves him to many moments of confusion. I think as teenagers we all have experienced this tension. At one point he seems to fall in love with Gilbert's mother, Odette, a woman who comes from a lower socioeconomic background. Gilbert is not happy so they have a fight and their relationship is over. The precarious teenage love, it comes and it goes. Just like that. Heartbreaking yet necessary to grow up. During a trip to Balbec, a summer resort town with his grandma, Marcel visits a cathedral and a seaside, but he is disappointed by the church because in his head he imagines something more beautiful, more perfect than the actual building. He is however more taken by the hotel staff where Proust spends long pages to talk about them and the nature that surrounds them. Here Proust talks about expectation versus reality, how our imagination makes things more beautiful than they are in reality. Baalbek represents a kind of fusion between artistic beauty and natural beauty, and here nature is a clear winner. Proust was a huge admirer of John Ruskin's take on Amiens Cathedral and other monuments. In fact, Proust traveled to so many sites mentioned in Ruskin's book in France as well as Italy as a kind of pilgrimage to immerse himself in the artistic vision Ruskin was talking about. The way he imagined the cathedral, an image imprinted in his head by the description of it is now in ruins because he is face to face with the building. As Borges said, the reader's imagination is as creative as the artist himself. Marcel's imagination had made it more beautiful than its physical eyes can see. Here Marcel also meets and befriends Robert de Salou and also his uncle Baron de Charlou, a gay man who becomes central in subsequent volumes. Throughout these encounters, literature and art remain the most important subject of discussions and exchanges. So Marcel has a deep interest in literature and art, but romance and sexuality are never far away. He meets a group of teenage girls on the beach and he falls madly in love with them. In fact, I think he falls in love with that image of a bunch of young girls walking on the seaside. The image becomes his obsession. And that's why the title of this volume refers to those girls and the shadow of young girls and flowers. So Marcel moves between art and sexuality. He meets a great impressionist painter, Elster, perhaps modeled on Monet, whom Proust says, 
Elster tried to reproduce things not as he knew them to be, but according to the optical illusions of which our first side of them is composed. Artists tap into their subconscious to be able to produce great art, just as oysters cannot explain how it produces pearls. Elster also happens to know the teenage girls. Marcel falls madly in love with one of them, Aubertine, who becomes a central character in the subsequent volumes. She rejects Marcel, but he cannot forget her. The fact that she rejects makes him even more in love with her. Bruce says that you only truly love someone who you cannot have. In other words, a true paradise is a paradise lost. It's Albertine who occupies Marcel's thoughts and life for many years to come, derailing his artistic aspiration. His body, his evolutionary reproductive science, i.e. sex, is winning. His artistic side is losing. We humans have two goals in life, have sex and reproduce so our genes can live on. This has been the most common legacy goal for the majority of human existence. The other is creative goal, living an artistic legacy. Throughout history, rich people, powerful people have patronized artists and writers or built monuments and buildings that stand the test of time. Marcel, like all teenagers, is battling this enormous fight inside him. Teenage is the most difficult time in our lives precisely because the world's saying one thing, study hard, work hard to make something of yourself, but your body is saying completely the opposite, find girls. Marcel ponders over the idea of love, he feels lost at times. But unfortunately summer is over and Baalbek being a holiday resort turns into a ghost town. Now Marcel only has his memories of that summer. One image persists, a group of girls walking on the beach. We have all been there. In this volume, Proust also introduces fleeting moments as being more important in life than long, sustained hours or days. Not only fleeting time and places, but a fleeting sense of self. How fragile the idea of self is as it's pulled in different directions by many beautiful women. Love is a beast. Once you conquer the other person, nature changes you. So now you have to fight yourself to keep loving that person. Quote, when the fulfillment desire comes within our reach, we will desire it no longer. Here's another quote. The most exclusive love for any person is always love for something else. For Proust, love is always imagined. We also imagine the person we love. The way we imagine them do not exist in reality. This creates disappointment. Why do we fall out of love with someone? Proust says, it's not you falling out of love with someone but that self no longer lives. You are a different self now. Time slices an infinite number of you scattered throughout your lifetime. Each self is a different person attached to your body. Quote, there's only one person, one formal self, who could decide the issue, and that self is no longer with us. But through involuntary memory, we sometimes return to our forgotten selves. But unfortunately, we cannot summon that voluntarily and at will, just like a window display that often brings back an object that was displayed long ago. It only comes at random through a smell, taste, touch or sound. Volume 3 The Germans Way Marcel has moved to a new place in the neighborhood of an aristocratic family, the Germans, which gives the volume its title, the pathway or walkway near their house. The impressionable young Marcel is infatuated by Mrs. Germain, who appears someone out of this world. Someone like Marie Antoinette, majestic, powerful and famous. 
The focus of this volume is the high society, the Prussian aristocrats, the political elites and the social hierarchy, which Marcel is desperate to get to know and move up the social ladder. He's not a teenager anymore. He wants to mingle with the refined people of the French elite and always tries to get an invitation to parties so he can get to know the high society. Madame Gamond, as a symbol of perfection, therefore always tries to get closer to her. But she is annoyed at him for pestering around their house like that detective Colombo. Here, Bruce plays with the idea that we all want to rise up in society and want to associate ourselves with the influential and the powerful. Especially in our 20s, we always look up. Talking of the powerful, Proust also mentions the Dreyfus affair, where a Jewish officer was wrongly accused of treason, and this was a huge event in French 19th century politics. The conversation of this affair fills many social gatherings, and people are divided, some supporting the officers, some supporting the government. Proust himself, a half-Jewish, is on the side of the officer. Marcel's best friend, Robert de Salut, who is himself a Gamans, facilitates an invite into Gamans' house. But the lady refuses to see Marcel. She doesn't care for a young man like him. She prefers someone older. But Robert de Salut takes him out to see a prostitute to console him a bit. He gets invited to another high society family, Madame de Villeparisi house. But Marcel is obsessed with Duchess de Gamans, who symbolizes all the perfection of this world, power, influence, beauty, and social status. But here's a twist. When his wish comes true, he gets closer to her, he sees nothing but disappointment. Again, Bruce tells us that the more you expect, the more you're disappointed. First, her conversations lack refinement, but most crucially, she appears quite bitter, resentful and unhappy. This is a shock for Marcel. Why would a woman of such height be so bitter? The more he observes her from a close distance, the more he is disappointed. This theme of disappointment with what society keeps at a high esteem continues throughout the entire In Search of Last Time. Life is nothing but a series of disappointments for Marcel, and that's why Proust says, half of humanity spends its lives in tears. Now we are halfway through the novel and we see a small shift in Marcel's thinking. He's still infatuated with the world, high society and women. Also he tries to write. He's still on the fence, still unsure which direction his life would take towards artistic creation or making a name through social climbing. But there's an event that makes a huge impression on him. That is the death of his grandmother. He had spent a great many hours with her and her death has a massive impact on him. Consciously, not so much at this point, but subconsciously there is a massive shift in his thinking. As Ivan Turgenev said, death is an old story but new for every one of us. Marcel for the first time realized that he has to be more decisive as time is limited. Proust elaborates his gay character Charlou as he makes friends with Marcel and they have an argument. The novel also has plenty of gossip about the high society in Paris as to who sleeps with whom and who has an affair with who. The French are known for their liberal sexual expression so Proust depicts that beautifully here. But what has been the taboo so far is homosexuality, which Proust tackles head on in the next volume. The death of the grandmother also signals that many of the characters are getting old. Two important characters on the verge of death are Swan of Volume 1 and Bergot, the writer whom Marcel admires. So now Marcel seeing people age and die slowly has a shift in his perspective, but still not quite ready to commit himself to writing and artistic creativity. Like anyone in his 20s, he likes to be out and about meeting people and mingling with the powerful of French high society. In other words, his life experiences are not enough for him to write something profound. 
something original. So he has to make a few more mistakes and he has to be disappointed many more times before he can write something great. Here Proust also takes a swipe at Nietzsche for saying that friendship should only be on the basis of intellect, which means those not on your level should be ostracized. Proust sees value in everyone's input. Marcel realizes that the lady he admired for her class and intelligence didn't live up to what he had imagined. So inside knowledge and wisdom can come from anyone, irrespective of their socioeconomic status. So the bottom line is that the social status doesn't bring you happiness. Volume 4, Sodom and Gomorrah. Marcel is invited to Prince Garmon's party. At first he cannot believe it, even doubting if the invitation is actually fake or real, but it turns out to be real. Now it seems he has made it in Paris, perhaps the pinnacle of his social climbing. He describes the party, its attendees, and how much he is enjoying everything there. He has accomplished his dream of being among the Paris high society. Mission complete. Now once you are at the peak, there is only one way to go back down. As the title suggests, the volume deals a lot with homosexuality, with Charlot the main character. Bruce asks questions as to why gay people have to hide their sexual preference from everyone. As you know, Proust himself was gay somewhat openly, but in this novel, Charlot has to hide it from others. But despite his effort, it seems many people know his business. Here we also see Charlot getting old, which makes him not care about others mocking him anyway. He shows up in every social gathering, which is brave. Charlot has a few partners, mostly those from the lower socioeconomic class which suggests that he perhaps uses his socio-economic power to woo them or even pay them money. Marcel returns to Baalbek. Once there, for the first time, Marcel feels really sad at the death of his grandmother. It is the place, the air, that heightens his memory of her and for the first time, he feels the full impact of her departure. Here, Bruce makes a clear case that our memories are stored in objects and places and when we see them again, those memories evoke sadness. Meanwhile, Marcel has met Aubertine again. They start their relationship, but soon he suspects her to be engaged in lesbian activities. This is unbearable for him. Once he claims her as his own, he soon gets bored of her. Proust says you only love what you do not have. Once you have something, you are no longer in love with it. In the same way, you can only imagine something that is not real. Once it's real, actualized, materialized, obtained, you can no longer imagine it. But when Albertine decides to go with the lesbians, Marcel is extremely jealous and proposes marriage to her. This proves that if you think you are losing someone or something, you cling on to them much tighter. He convinces Albertine to go to Paris with him instead. She agrees. Disaster averted, at least for now. Volume 5, The Prisoner In Paris, Marcel lives with Aubertine. He's happy beyond his dreams because he has a woman he loves. She is his woman now. But you know what happens once you possess something, it's yours. You get bored. Kids play with new toys for a week and then leave them in the corner. The same is true about Marcel's partner. Despite being bored of her, he somehow cannot trust her, so he spies on her and her activities. He wants to keep her inside the apartment and doesn't want her to meet other people. He's jealous because Aubertine has turned into a beautiful woman. She's not a girl anymore. When she plans to visit someone, he agrees, but soon he decides to spy on her. 
He even sends his housekeeper to bring her back home. Today you might think Marcel is insecure, even toxic, but Proust tries to show that on a deeper level, if you truly love someone, you are bound to be insecure, bound to be toxic. Love inherently breeds jealousy, and extreme jealousy is the definition of toxicity or insecurity. He is only content and happy when he watches her in her sleep. She can go nowhere and she's all his. Proust also reports that Bergot, the great writer, is dying from an illness. Charlot, who has his own issues in his romantic relationship with his boyfriend, a musician called Morel, is another character on the verge of death. He also gets humiliated by Morel at a party that Marcel attends without telling Albertine. Once he returns home, they have a big fight. Marcel accuses her of having a lesbian relationship with a woman called André, but she denies. They make out after the fight, but the peace is only temporary. In all relationships, peace is temporary while wars are constant. Marcel still has time to admire art and literature. He's not forgotten his dream of one day becoming a great writer. But right now he has to fight in the trenches of a romantic relationship with Albertine. He's a prisoner to his love for her, and she is his prisoner. That's a relationship, each party is bound and chained. Finally, Marcel and Albertine clash again, and this time Albertine packs her bag and leaves. Marcel is devastated. Volume 6, The Fugitive The pain of separation is unbearable for Marcel. People say men have a far tougher time after a breakup. Proust depicts this in its molecular level, the despair his narrator feels. He's broken and his mind is twisted, he cannot think. Albertine doesn't want to come back unless she sees him back for her. The intricate dance between the couple symbolizes the dances we all do in our relationships. One hints at the reconciliations, the other moves away. One moves away, the other tries to get closer. It's a dance alright. Aubertine shows a hint she would come back. Marcel tries to show he has moved on. We all enjoy the pain and pleasure we give to our partners. But here's the tragedy. Love dies inside us. Marcel learns that Aubertine has died in an accident. He is devastated. He now obsesses over her past lesbian relationships. He investigates and gets words that he was right. Aubertine did have a few lesbian activities in the past including with André, as Marcel had rightly suspected. The more he learns about her past, the more he tries to forget her. The more you know, the less you want to remember. But human memory fades with time. Just as he's trying to forget Albertine, guess who shows up? It's Gilbert Swan, his first love, or his teenage sweetheart, whom he had totally forgotten all those years. Mr. Swan has died. Proust reflects on death. Death is forgetfulness. The man now remembers nothing. With death you forget everything, you cannot answer questions, you only remain as a name and nothing else. With the death of Swan, Odette has married another man of much higher social status. Therefore, Gilbert is no longer the girl next door, but a lady of high society. She marries Marcel's best friend, Robert de Salut. But here Marcel also learns a shocking revelation that Robert has had sexual relationship with Charlotte's partner, Morel. Now he's conflicted about Gilbert's marriage to his best friend, who is secretly a gay man. Oh boy. Marcel later learns that Albertine's death might have been a trick. She has in fact married another man. But he doesn't care anymore. He and his mother visit Italy for some pizza and to enjoy Venice, a city he had always dreamed of visiting. 
His breakup with Albertine finally allows him to write something. He even publishes an article in the newspaper. Now Marcel is moving away from romance to creativity and the art of writing. This takes the bulk of the next and final volume. Volume 7 Time Regained Marcel is back in Combray where the novel began in Volume 1. This time he lives with Gilbert, his teenage love, Swan's daughter, now married to his best friend, Robert Salou. Marcel is surprised to hear that Gilbert was in love with him when they were both young. The olden days come back to him, and they take a walk as he used to with his parents and grandma all those years ago. Those are only memories. But now the world is a different place. World War I is raging. Destruction can be seen everywhere. The news comes that his best friend Robert de Salou has died in the war, and also revealed that he was a full-fledged homosexual. Speaking of homosexuality, Charlou has turned into a man obsessed with sex, so he frequents brothels as often as he can. He also realizes the nature of memory, two types, voluntary and involuntary. Voluntary memory is untruthful as it only gives us factual events, while involuntary memory is where truth and beauty of our past lie. Reality has been nothing but disappointing for him because it never lived up to his imagination. But the taste of the little cake melting in his mouth suddenly gives him a sensation of enjoyment in which both past and present melted into one. Reality and imagination collide here. They become one. Marcel feels he is reborn. Time stands still. That's when he experiences the true tremor of happiness. One of the most brilliant scenes is when Marcel attends a party at a house of the Prince de Germant. Inside the house he sees people, only shells or skeletons, as if he has entered a museum of natural history. Quote, To begin with I did not understand why I was so slow to recognize the master of the house, the guests, nor why everybody seemed to have put on makeup. They have all aged beyond recognition, he says. It made me reflect that the human being could go through metamorphoses as total as those of some insects. I had a sense that I was looking through the plate of glass of a natural history museum display. So much so that he has difficulty putting the right names to the right faces. That's what time does to our body. Time is so cruel that it forces masks upon masks onto our faces as we age. He feels as if the young people he knew long ago are now wearing a mask of their parents or grandparents. He says, Thus, life begins to seem like a pantomime in which from act to act we watch a baby becoming an adolescent, then a grown man, then old and bent as he approaches the grave. On the way to the party, Marcel experiences a Madeleine moment when he stumbles on the pavement as the stones were misplaced. This triggers one of the most beautiful moments of involuntary memory that transports him back to his past. It's the closest we humans come to a time travel when you are in the past and the present at the same time. You transcend time. This is the vertical time. Time shoots upward. He says, I discovered this destructive action of time at the very moment when I wanted to begin to clarify, to intellectualize within a work of art, realities whose nature was extra-temporal. It's here that Marcel, for the first time in his life, sees his mission to write as clearly as possible. He's an old man on the verge of death and he has to hurry to finish his novel to capture those moments of magic. 
But this magical experience also means he's no longer afraid of death itself. Quote, the sound of the spoon on the plate, the uneven flagstones, the taste of the madeleine had something in common which I was experiencing in the present moment and at the same time in a moment far away, so that the past was made to encroach upon the present and make me uncertain about which of the two I was in. The truth was, that being within me who was enjoying this impression was enjoying it because of something shared between a day in the past and the present moment something extratemporal, and this being appeared only when through one of these moments of identity between the present and the past. It was able to find itself in the only milieu in which it could live and enjoy the essence of things, that is to say outside of time. This explained why my anxieties on the subject of my death had seized the moment when I unconsciously recognized the state of the little Madeleine since at that very moment the being that I had been was an extratemporal being and consequently unconcerned with the vicissitudes of the future. This is at the heart of the search of lost time, when a sound, taste, smell can put you both in the past and present at the same time. This moment of magic makes life meaningful, makes it beautiful, you're no longer afraid of death, but you want to celebrate it by capturing that magical moment to create art. He spends days on end writing. With the help of his housemate Francois, Marcel attempts to regain time, defeat time, and capture his past. Proust, in fact, sealed his windows with cork for some silence as he spent years writing and rewriting his novel while neglecting his social life. It was as if a man was on the verge of death and wanted to communicate something immensely important to the world. That's what he did. He succeeds in that mission and managed to write one of the greatest novels of all time. But he was also aware that death snatches everything. But he's also optimistic that images and ideas stay with us. Quote, the beauty of images lie behind things, the beauty of ideas in front of them, so that the former cease to impress us when we reach them, whereas we have to go beyond the latter in order to understand them. The novel ends with these lines. Quote, if enough time was left to me to complete my work, my first concern would be to describe the people in it, even at the risk of making them seem colossal and unnatural creatures, as occupying a place far larger than the very limited one reserved for them in space, a place in fact almost infinitely extended, since they are in simultaneous contact, like giants immersed in the years, with such distant periods of their lives, between which so many days have taken up their place in time. Proust combines time and space into a single entity, as our memory collapses a long period of time into a single moment. It can also collapse a huge area into a single spot. But our memory can also balloon the past, the people and the places. Not all places, people and time occupy equal space and time in our memories. A small person may appear gigantic in our memory, so a small insignificant cake dipped in tea can turn into or trigger you to write the most beautiful novel. So no two moments are the same. Time is not linear. It's not moving at a steady speed. Sometimes it balloons, expands, contracts, and from time to time our involuntary memory turns it into magic. A simple taste, smell or sound can take us to our past, our lost time, to reconnect us with our past selves, so we can experience magic, not to be afraid of death and transcend time itself. 
Proust's In Search of Lost Time is a novel about the meaning of life. Marcel tries social climbing and realizes that no matter how rich or poor, we are pretty much the same on the inside. Being socially successful didn't give him the depth and substance he was looking for. He then tried love, but it also left him disappointed and over time it made him sad and lonely. Love is always temporary. The only true purpose he found was art, because artists are like children who turn a simple moment or experience into something magically beautiful. He turned a simple cake and a cup of tea into a monumental piece of art and literature. Art allows us to be children again, capture our past, our lost time, our lost selves. Art allows us to have the same childlike awe and excitement when we experience it. The feeling of getting lost in an experience. We forget time. Marcel dedicated his life to produce one of the greatest novels of all time that is about art, the purpose of life, but most crucially, it's also an art in itself. Reading In Search of Lost Time allows us to recapture our childhood eyes, appreciate the little things in life, and most importantly, how to see things like an artist. Now, to understand the themes of Marcel Proust's masterpiece, I have dedicated a video talking about all the major themes of this amazing novel and Proust's own philosophy on life, art, writing, reading, and of course, death. You can watch it here. Merci beaucoup. Thank you for watching. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.